Hi, I'm Betsy Kim, and this is WNHH's 103.5 FM Law, Life, and Culture. In the final 2016 presidential debates, Hillary Clinton was talking about taxing top earners to help build the Social Security Fund. She referenced Donald Trump's not paying federal taxes, and he blurted out, such a nasty woman. Well, that phrase, nasty woman, has become a rallying cry for women across the country to mobilize against agendas that hurt women. In New York, a nasty women art exhibition raised $42,000 for Planned Parenthood in the course of four days in January, as reported by Art News. Today, we have in the studio Peter Sparks, volunteer coordinator at the Institute Library, and Valerie Garlick, the executive director at the Institute Library. And on the phone, we have Lucy McClure, artist and photographer and educator, and one of the organizers with Valerie of the New Haven Nasty Women Art Exhibition. It is scheduled to open next Thursday, March 9th, at the Institute Library, 847 Chapel Street at 6 o'clock p.m. Valerie, Lucy, and Peter, welcome to Law, Life, and Culture. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, thank you. So what is the New Haven Nasty Women Art Exhibition, and why is it going to be on display at the Institute Library? The Nasty Women Exhibition is one of 40 Nasty Women Exhibitions happening nationally and internationally. Uh, We found out about this exhibition after the New York organizers put a post out on Facebook saying, hey, let's do a Nasty Women show. Who's interested? And many artists came to the fore, inspiring the original curators of that show to almost provide a kit to anyone else who'd like to do a similar exhibition. Um, Lucy was the one who put it on Facebook out to Connecticut artists, and Sarah Fritchie and myself uh, came to this post and wanted to help out. So um, we're doing it at the Institute Library because coincidentally the retail first floor space of the library, 3,000 square feet, is vacant right now and quite raw. So we have the space to do it without needing to charge money to put it on. Okay, Lucy, can you hear us okay? Are you on the phone? Okay, great. Okay, Okay. so Lucy, is this a New Haven or Connecticut Nasty Women art exhibition? And are there other Nasty Women exhibitions in Connecticut? No, this is the only one. So this is the only one in Connecticut. And uh, okay, Lucy, excuse me for a minute. Can you speak up a little louder? We're you're coming in a little soft now. Better. Uh, How is it? How's the sound, Harry? Is it good? Can Can you hear me? How can can we jack this up, Annie? Can we improve it? Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess people will just have to turn up their volume at home when uh, Lucy responds to questions. But now you both okay. and Sarah Fritchie, the gallery director at ArtSpace, are the three co-organizers of this event, Valerie, um, Sarah, and Lucy. Can you, again, recap a little bit more about how it came into being? Lucy, you want to take this on? Uh, what was the question? Sorry. How the uh, event came into being. Oh, so we saw, I, I, was, I saw there was a exhibition at the Knockdown Center by the original organizers. And then how they invite us, uh, invite women everywhere in the country to join them by creating their very own nasty women exhibition in their own state or town. And uh, I felt that, you know, 
New Haven was the perfect place for me, but I didn't have anybody that would do that would join me at that moment. So I decided to email all the artists that I knew and uh, other people in the art community. And uh, in the first meeting that we had, Valerie was one of the people that showed up, uh, and Valerie decided to join me. And then shortly, Sarah found out that Valerie and I were trying to create our very own. Uh, nasty women. Okay. An art exhibition, and then she you know, um, Lucy, I'm sorry. Can you really shout into the phone because we are having some sound difficulty with you on our end? Oh. Yeah. Can you hear me now? You know, I. You know, when I turn you up so that I can hear you, the volume of myself and the guests get a little too uh, hot. So, is there right. anything else that we could do to improve this? Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, well, we'll keep on going forward and doing the best that we can. With the okay. New Haven Nasty Women's Facebook page, I read as of last night, you have 250 submissions and um, over 3,000 people were interested in the event and close to 600 indicated they are planning to attend. Why do you think the reason, uh, what do you think the reason for this enthusiasm is? Well, we're at 257 now, and we do expect it to grow in the coming days. Um, this is uh, International Women's Day approaching. That's our install day. And um, just via the New Haven Arts Council, an email went around recently uh, announcing all of these things happening. There's a buzz in the air. There's energy. There's a lot of attention. It may not and probably is not just nasty women alone. Um, but by word of mouth, people are talking about all things women, women's voices, women's arts, um, community, uh, solidarity. Um, I'm not sure, but I'm happy about it. <laughs> sure. Do you have any particularly powerful or even funny anecdotes to share about why artists have said they want to be part of your show? Lucy, you want to take this one? Yeah. We have one of the first women that came in during the meeting, Cindy, and she said, I just, I'm finding this great, this is a great opportunity for me to just build some things and then smash some things and make some art. I am just so angry and uh, so compelled to do something and have a voice. And this show has given me the opportunity to do that. Okay. You know, Lucy, I'm sorry. I think your volume is too low. I'm going to ask that you hang up and then try to call the number that I gave okay. you again and to establish a new co uh, connection <clears throat> here. And we'll still continue uh, with the program. Talk to you later, Lucy. Okay. And, and part of me wanted to add to that, in the humor and the wit that we're bringing, we also want to keep an eye on the seriousness and respect the voices and the works that are coming in the windows. Yeah. Um, I think a, a much more exciting thing is that we're putting all of the protest signs from people's marches in the window mm -hmm. of the first floor of the Institute Library. Yeah. And as the Trump agenda has serious consequences, you did note that sometimes protest can have an element of humor. And here's Lucy. We'll try again. Hey, yeah. Hi, is, how's, is the sound a little? Okay, so we'll try this, and hopefully this connection might be a little bit stronger. Yeah, if it doesn't work, that's okay. Then you can just have, like, Valerie and Peter finish. You know, it's totally fine. I mean, I don't want to make you guys, you know, back and forth. <laughs> uh, you know, no, I'm just also wondering, is there another uh, line that maybe we could uh, use a different phone to connect with Lucy? 
Okay, so, you know, I guess we're just going to try to proceed as best as we can. You know, so we were yeah, discussing yeah. that um, with uh, the there's an element of humor sometimes in protest, as well as although there is recognition that there are various, very serious uh, consequences and issues that people are concerned about. But, you know, I wanted to note as Vice President Mike Pence is against a woman's right to choose. In December 2016, New York Magazine reported that over 82,000 donations to Planned Parenthood came pouring in under the name of Mike Pence. And Lisa Ryan, the author of the article, wrote, it's so nice that for once Pence's name is being used to actually help women. Is there a Planned Parenthood (laughs) of Southern Connecticut donation component to your Nasty Women exhibition? Yep, absolutely. We are taking everything above and beyond bare bones cost to produce this exhibition and giving it to Planned Parenthood. We're going to be accepting donations at the opening nights and throughout the exhibition. We've, um, unlike uh, New York's Nasty Women show, we are putting the sales in the hands of the artists. So if the artists want to take monies from works that have sold and use it to make more art, that's fine. If they want to donate any part of it or all of it to Planned Parenthood or Iris or anywhere else, that's fine. Now, I understand this is not a juried exhibition, correct? Correct. So mm-hmm. everything correct. submitted is going to be displayed? Yeah. Why are you taking this approach? Huh. It's about being inclusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We really feel it's important at this time for everyone to be part of, you know, to be part of this show. You know, men, women, anyone that feel that they need a voice and they want to support us, you know, they're welcome to. All genders, all persons, all messages. This is not about censorship. This is about coming together, talking about art, talking about ideas. And Wednesday, March 8th is installation night. How will this work? Are the artists going to install their own work? Yes, I have news for you. It's all day. It's 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. It's a group effort and artists must bring their own hammers and hooks and nails. Yep. So if the art is not going to be selected or judged by, for example, its technical merits, is there another purpose to this display that you feel is above the artistic merits of what you're trying to do? Is it like community access or cable TV access, cable access in a certain way? Yeah. uh, Historically, the Institute Library has always been a place of civil discourse. Um, I think I think it's safe to say for all three of us organizers, this has grown much bigger than we thought it would. And we're really excited about it. Um, it's going to be tight. It's going to be a ton of works, uh, but it's going to bring together a lot of interesting perspectives and techniques and crafts and skill sets. We're just excited to see the potpourri. Yeah. Now, Peter, as a volunteer coordinator, what is your role and what has your observation been in terms of the participation of this event in this event? Uh, there's definitely a lot of energy and excitement. Um, revolving uh, around around this exhibit, um, everybody's pretty fired up to get involved. So, yeah, my role is basically to temper some of that so we can get the work on the wall and and get the exhibition launched and uh, keep some semblance of organization. So, do any of you want to note any of the art in the exhibition that you? feel deserves a shout out for its originality or for its message? Oh, there's so much of it. Um, the, um, I can talk to you about mediums. There's sculpture of all sizes and all materials. There's going to be video projection. There's going to be performance happening during the opening itself by three or four performers. 
paintings, drawings. We've got work coming in, photographs from marches in the 70s. So these are things that were on the walls of people's homes. They go, wait a minute, let's put that in the show. So Lucy, are you um, hanging or displaying any of your art? Yes, yes. I have a one. I'm doing a portrait that I took at the Women's March in D.C. this year. Okay. So I guess, um, speaking of shout outs, this is New Haven's WNHH 103.5 FM, which is dedicated to supporting the First Amendment and fostering an open community of ideas as well. So I think we're all on the same page here. Yeah, definitely. You know, I guess I do have to express that I feel some ambivalence in some ways because with the Trump campaign, I feel there has been a coarsening of American culture, which maybe was inevitable, but Something in me feels it was not good for our country. For example, the majority of people were so horrified at first to hear him say, grab them by the P word, you can do anything. Now that too has become at least what was borderline an obscene word. It's just become normalized. Now, what is your response to the criticism of artists for this result? Does anyone want to take that on? Well, I don't know if I would say that... uh... Trump's normalizing things. These opinions were always out there. They were just shamed into silence. No, um, but what I'm saying is the use of the certain terms that were obscene are now part of public discourse. And oh, okay. In in that way, you know, words that have previously been not acceptable for polite company, perhaps, are commonly used right is that not a good thing and what is your response to there is this slippery slope of the degradation of our public culture well you know it's funny because let's see the way you said that um for example just the whole idea of the nasty woman you know and everyone's like oh that's such a negative word Mm -hmm. you know who wants to be called that but at the same time now this word has become a word of solidarity among women everywhere in order to come together and be proud to be a nasty woman. So in a way, it has redefined the meaning of that word. Okay. So, how, But how do you reconcile using the strongest, most effective language possible for incredibly important messages, yet sticking somehow to Michelle Obama's they go low, we go high credo without stifling progress and change? Uh, the appropriation of the word itself, nasty women, I think evolves from a shared moment. Many women, many of us sat in front of the television watching the debates and had our jaws drop at the same time um, to get behind that word or similar words and use it as a vehicle to make art and to catalyze change and more conversations is extremely empowering. Okay. And I think amplified because it is an echo, but an echo transformed. Okay. You know, but I I don't know if I really think the word nasty was ever a bad word or, you know, one that should be uh, barred from public discourse. But the word, I'll just say it, like pussy, that still makes me flinch a little, even my saying it, in terms of it's being inappropriate. Mm. And so in terms of that... uh, degradation, I suppose, of American culture, yet still wanting to use as powerful language as possible, how do you reconcile this in terms of not co-opting and becoming a part of, you know, what 
is criticism, perhaps, of the current uh, administration and their campaign pain techniques, um, but at the same time trying to deal with changes in culture in a modern way for the good. This is like questions about race. This is questions about things that make us uncomfortable. And right now you and I share a similar perspective and we can talk more and more about it. So I don't have an answer for you, but I think it's really good that we're communicating and exploring. Because I did want to add that, you know, I do not think that shame is necessarily a bad thing. And I think a loss of shame for this country can start out with the acceptance of a lot of things that people raise their eyebrows with, but then bleeds into shameless refusal to investigate a foreign country's interference in our elections, shameless condoning of lies, shameless unanimous party agreement to be okay with not looking into potential financial conflicts of interest that could compromise U.S. interests. So how can you reconcile in a sense, or can you just talk about your views regarding public conversations, art, obscenity, shame, lack thereof, and the effects of this on public life or even politics? Does anyone want to take that one on <laughs> or how do artists respond I, I mean i think there's a lot you know to think you know i mean as far as like what's happening around it and uh, how we've all been affected by mm-hmm. um the, the politics and what's happening in our country right now and uh, i feel you know, that's one of the reasons we're doing what we're doing is that for the i mean to me at least for the first time in a long time i couldn't just keep my arms crossed and complain mm-hmm. about what's happening and just talk about it and brush it off. But instead, uh, you know, pulling up my sleeves and uh, doing something. And taking you know, a very taking positive action. step. Sure. And this, uh, this and I is... think this show is one of those, is the means that I found to make, to take action. Yeah. Towards something that I wasn't happy about. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I am not criticizing the exhibition or the idea or motivation or even the outcome of it at all. But I just did want to address or ask the question about how artists respond without being repressed, but still preserving any value of shame in this culture. Mm -hmm. And I want to continue with the question before that and lead into my answer to this one as well. We had a recent conversation with another um, press outlet And it was Sarah who mentioned that um, art is about communication and it's communication in different forms. So while there's some literal works, works with words in the show, there's going to be a lot more than that. There's going to be beautiful landscapes. There are going to be abstract works. Uh, There's a lot more messages in different types of languages coming out. So I don't think we're just talking about the transformation of adjectives here. And I don't want to keep harping on that. So interestingly, I want to go into this other topic of how I heard Munir Ahmed speak last night. And he's a Yale Law School professor who, with a team of Yale Law students, filed the case to prevent Hamid Khalid Darwish from being deported under Trump's travel ban after Darwish arrived at JFK Airport, where he was detained for 19 hours. And Darwish was an interpreter for the U.S. Army in Iraq who risked his life for our country. And with Professor Ahmed, these students filed this class action to prevent enforcement of the travel ban. And it's inspirational, I think, because it was a group of 24-year-olds who got a judge to block the president's executive order. And are you often amazed at the people who come into the Institute Library and what they accomplish? 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you give any kind of examples of how this type of positive public um, action has helped the New Haven community? Well, I think just having the conversation helps the community. Um, any way that we get to that conversation, you know, we may get to it through unfortunate means and, and, and uh, uh, immature language, but we get there. So part of this exhibition is to continue that conversation. Like, uh, like, um, like we were saying, some of the works will be more overt. Some, the message may be completely hidden, but the conversation continues. In the day-to-day -day at the Institute Library, you'll come in and you'll encounter someone who's been involved in activism for many years. And you'll have a teenager who's just getting started. And the, the conversations between them can be lighthearted, can be upset. We can be hugging. <laughs> and uh, sometimes you just go in and grab a book and sit in the sun. The hours for the downstairs will be slightly different from the hours of the Institute Library. The staffers of Nasty Women, and I just have to say it now, the volunteer support from all of the artists is incredible. Um, this, the, the space will be staffed by them um, three days a week. We'll be upstairs in case someone wants to see the show. They can buzz in and request to take a peek at it if there's no one down there. But uh, I think it's going to be a great month to meet a lot of people with a lot of ideas and experiences. Oh, that sounds great. <clears throat> you know, I'm going back to Ahmad's conversation. What I thought was interesting was he also said he felt people who are not lawyers are the ones who really can make a difference. And he very humbly said he felt the law works in a very narrow way, but there is so much that people can do on a community level. And he cited instances of how now immigrants are afraid to send their children to school, fearing they'll be deported. And when their kids come home, they'll come home to an empty house or they fear their kids will be taken away from them. And they are really living in a lot of fear right now. So he said it's even more critical to provide a welcoming, supportive environment to send out a message to let our diverse populations know that we do not support unconstitutional oppressive laws or executive orders. Is that in many ways what your exhibition touches upon? Absolutely. And I'm so glad you say it that way. Yeah, it's touching. It's alarming. We just want to support each other. through this. And how much of the art itself is political versus, you know, just art in that people want to support um, the exhibition that you are the work has been pouring in so fast, I can't even tell you. But that's exciting. That's energy. Um, we shall see. Or so, or is all of the art, or do you think all of art in general is for social change? And is all of the art in the show, if not political, in some way for social change? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Lucy, what do, you, what do you think there? I'm thinking of your work. You know, I think we might have lost Lucy, ah. unfortunately. Um, <laughs> well, so so Lucy has an example um, who brought us all together and really started this. Um, creates beautiful photographs of um, uh, abstract landscapes in a modernist sense in black and white lines. And so she's got this um, complete narrative behind so many things and you don't always see it in the art. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting how to answer that question. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, and I guess it's not just the art itself, but I suppose there's a lot in the participation of the event because the submission form says it's for, quote, nasty women and nasty women allies. So are both men and women submitting art mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. both expressing interest to attend the event as well? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're trying to broaden our language and say um, all gender fluid identities are welcome and more than welcome. You'll see a lot of iconography in the show of female bodies, for sure. You'll see pussies. 
Okay. So I know the numbers of Nasty Women exhibitions continues to expand. I had seen 23 cities originally, then later the figure was approximately 40. And when I Google Nasty Women exhibition, I see exhibitions with this theme, including places like Iowa City and countries around the world, Austria, Belgium, Portugal, and other places. What do you both uh, think or want to say about this um, expansive interest, not only around the country, but around the world in nasty women exhibitions? The fact that it went international is incredible. There are three opening this week, one's in Illinois, one's in Texas before ours opens, and then 12 more thereafter. Um, I think we could do more. I think there's a lot of uh, Hartford County that we maybe haven't gotten the word out to strongly enough. Um, Fairfield County, Eastern Connecticut. I think we're going to see more of these exhibitions and um, happy to help them and see them through in other locations. And Peter, what about the male voice in this? Uh, well, I'm not an artist. I'm not exhibiting. Um, most of my role has uh, has been helping in in background organization and letting other voices speak because my voice doesn't necessarily belong except as a supporter. Well, the New Haven Nasty Women exhibition opens next Thursday, March 9th from 6 o'clock to 8 p.m., at the Institute Library, 845 Chapel Street, and it will be on view through April 8th, 2017. Now, I'm sorry, the third organizer of this event, Artspace Gallery Director Sarah Fritchie, is in New York and so is not able to be with us, but thank you, Peter Sparks, Institute Library Volunteer Coordinator, and Valerie Garlick, Executive Director of the Institute Library, and also Lucy McClure, artist and educator, who, along with Valerie and with Sarah, were and are the organizers of the Nasty Women New Haven exhibition. Thank you so much, Betsy. See you at the show. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. I'm Betsy Kim with Law, Life, and